<laughs> I Crash really wish I hit the record that. button right before that. We we had the same idea at the same time. Yep. I just looked at Chris and nodded, and we just didn't even say anything. <laughs> we realized. Yeah, that would have been great. That would have been a great intro. Why are you? This is a production of NASCAR Dosage, made by the fans for the fans. NASCAR Dosage for the fans by the fans for you, the fans. Welcome to another episode. Anyways, welcome to another episode of NASCAR Dosage. As always, with me is CJ and Brandon. This week, we're going to go over all the interesting situations that happen from Richmond with tire wear, teammates battling, other people battling, and just how great it was to see strategy absolutely take over a race. I personally am one that loves long green flags and strategy races, so this was amazing to me. Some of you guys know I'm not a big Denny Hamlin fan. I don't care about that. That was an amazing finish. That was exactly what I want to see when we go to Richmond. And people that hate on Richmond for not having cautions and not being an absolute shit show need to chill the hell out. Oh, yeah. That should have been guys' weekends. <laughs> good. It's good. Typical, you know, long week. But uh, I don't know. I feel like the, the racing this weekend definitely was worth wait for i don't know about you guys i was a little bit like anticipating for this weekend i like i was really like looking forward to it all of a sudden like i'm trying to figure out like why am i excited about richmond it just had a different kind of feel you know and after seeing practice and stuff thursday and friday that was i really hope that that's the kind of racing that we see this season i love that tire i know that we touched on this before we started recording but that i think that was the the real thing this this whole weekend not just for the cup series like I really thought that for the whole weekend, tire management was a really fun thing to look at. I I was a nerd all week. That was all I did all week. <laughs> it was look forward to this. How was your weekend, Brandon? I my weekend was good. Uh, I was actually really looking forward to this race too, uh, because I I was really anticipating Richmond before any other race, uh, and. Tire management is really why I was looking forward to this race because I knew Richmond was a big tire track. I didn't realize it was going to be this big of a tire track this year, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I loved, I, I loved the race. There's a couple things I didn't like, but I, I loved the race. Well, you know what? Let's dive right into it. Then let's talk about Richmond. Let's talk about the cup series. Uh, we know how Xfinity went. Uh, basically, Every other Xfinity race you see, Richmond or not, um, your top guys were the top guys. You saw your short track guys that are in the Xfinity series get up there. Let's take a quick gander at the results then. Uh, Ty Gibbs won, John Hunter Nimbicek two, Sam Mayer three, AJ Allmendinger four, Riley Herbs five, Hemrick six, Barry seventh, Brandon Brown eighth. I don't know where he came from. Uh, Ryan Sieg ninth. He was running up front a good part. Uh, Parker Retzloff. Parker Retzloff. That was a good surprise. 
came out of absolute nowhere. Uh, he was running, I think, at sixth at one point in the first stage. Um, really kept his car clean all day. Kept it mm-hmm. up front. I think he was the most surprising. I think biggest disappointment was, honestly, uh, Justin Allgaier. He's usually, like, top three at Richmond. And he... I don't think I ever saw him in the top 10. And if he was, he was 10th. Besides that, I don't think I saw him in the top 10 much. Um, And granted, he finished 14th. Could have been a lot worse when you're talking about disappointment. But I just think that that definitely still stands out as a disappointment for a finish-wise from him. Uh, Ryan Priest finished 16th. I, I was expecting more out of him. Austin Hill, 18th. Noah Gregson, 21st. We know he had problems almost the entire race from the get-go. Uh, Derek Griffith made his Xfinity debut, finished 26th in the 26th car. Sam Hunt Racing. Looked like he kept his car clean the entire time. I don't really know what else to say beyond that. Um, but the main thing, obviously, everyone saw. Uh, what's your guys' takes on teammates battling it out in the closing stages? Dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Uh oh. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> Dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. That kid, it, I, I've heard mixed opinions. I've heard people say, well, if you didn't like Ross's move, then you're not, then you have no, if you liked Ross's move, you have no right to say that this was wrong. Well, Sure, it's fair enough. Ross isn't always like that. Ross doesn't have a reputation of just moving people to get what he wants. Ross was in a high-pressure situation for his first win. Ty Gibbs was in a not-as-high-pressure situation for what is third win of the season and, what, eighth win in 25 starts or something like that? In Grandpa's equipment. And... (laughs) Chastain, the top three cars were going for the win, beating and banging. Almondinger gave it to him, got around him. Chastain came back, hit him, whatever. That was that deal. Now, with John Hunter and Gibbs, that was just blatantly driving through somebody. So, with John Hunter, and Gibbs, John Hunter's out front. Gibbs isn't. Gibbs is just behind him. You think back to 2012. What happened in 2012? It was 10 years ago at the same racetrack with the same car numbers. It's the 54 and the 18. Hmm. 18. 18 leading coming to the line. 54 beats him, moves him out of the way, coming to the finish. I think there, there's a clear difference between beating and just running over your teammate. Mm, I get that, yeah. but what do you think was going through his mind? Which one? Uh, Gibbs. He had the same thought. He didn't give a shit shit at You ever hear the expression where somebody says, yeah, no, I don't care. That happens to other people. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's people's excuse to anything that happens in life. He didn't didn't care that John Hunter was in front of him coming to the line. He did not care. He got a clean run off of two. What is wrong with finishing a clean run through three and four and coming off the corner to the stripe? 
when uh, your daddy pays for the damage that's, or when your grandpappy pays for the damage that's done to your car. Oh, and so, his name's on the car. Stole the words right out of my mouth. So, and your granddaddy owns the car you just wrecked. So either yeah, way, that too. you can kind of have yeah. the mindset of like, well, I'm paying for this anyway, no matter what happens. He didn't just get in there and take his line away and move up the track, maybe like a quarter car to. Oh, he went up like two or three car car with last last week. Lanes. He was in the second groove. Yeah. And you kind of know, like, you know, what's happening last week. We talked about, okay. You know, you're going to put the bumper to somebody and how like kind of uncomfortable that feels because you you act, you're consciously aware that you're about to hit somebody else. That's a different level. He knew in that moment, exactly what was going on. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he didn't just like move up a lane and a half because the car stepped away. He moved up a lane and a half before the corner, knowing, well, if I move up a lane and a half and he goes down, well, <laughs> it's like Rocky. Yeah. Like I, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> I don't care if the race was over. And if I got back to his back bumper, he wouldn't have made it out of turn two. Oh, John Hunter was going to do that. Oh, and then he'd probably like, hmm, wait a minute. I still need a ride for next year in full-time experience. So I should probably not do that. Considering I'm in the best equipment in the field. Yeah. So. You'd hope. I don't know. I think you give him too much credit. I, st- I think some of these guys just don't think that way. I think you give him too much uh, no, credit. I'm talking, to about, think that I'm talking about how John Hunter was like right up on his bumper after they crossed the stripe. He was ready to turn him. And then he's like, hmm, wait a minute. This isn't going to look good if I do this. So I should probably not do this. I think he would have made a lot of fans. Yeah. He would have made a lot of fans. He would have. I think he would have made a lot of fans. Yeah. I would have been a fan of that. He would have made a fan out of me. It's going to happen. Here's a better bet. Who are you going to be a fan of next? Because it's going to happen. I mean, like now that car is synonymous. Those two getting together? Oh, I'm just saying anybody. Who's going to wreck? Somebody's going to wreck the 54 for a win. A big oh, win. I guarantee you it's Gregson. A hundred percent. And I'll, I'll love them for the rest of my life. It'll be Gregson. He said he's he's a zero now. And so I'm saying be prepared because like, it'll, it'll be it's going to happen. 100%. <laughs> I, I almost guarantee you it'll be Gregson. And if it's Noah, next time I see him, I'm just going to give him a big hug. <laughs> I'm not going to introduce myself again. I'm just going to walk up and give him a big hug. Just like. Love how he adds the again. <laughs> Introduce myself again. <laughs> <laughs> but I can with, see that. With that Still ending mobile. to that race, uh, I say we take a look at the points here. Uh, Almondinger out front, Ty Gibbs 20 points back of him. I don't know how the hell that's the case. Uh, Noah Gregson third in points, tied with Gibbs. Barry fourth, Allgaier fifth, Sam Mayer sixth. You have all four junior motorsports cars third through sixth and points that's good that's, that's really good. good that's really good uh somehow by some ungodly miracle brandon jones is seventh in points in xfinity Dan- <laughs> daniel hemrick is eighth in points uh austin hill ninth ryan sieg 10th um sheldon creed tw- no sorry riley herbst is 11th sheldon creed 12th Brandon Jones is the first guy outside with 13th in points. Alfredo, Burton, Castle, Moffitt, uh, Snyder's 20th in points. And that's it for Xfinity Series, I believe, sirs. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah not much there. Kind of what we expected. Good yeah. race, though. Good race. Great race. If you wanted to see the comparison between what we had in the Cup Series for like a car to now, this was a good a good weekend oh, to watch. Like if you watch Saturday to Sunday, you had a really good chance to see that comparison of this is where we were in 21 with the Gen 6 car. To, but this is why we went to the Gen 7 now. Because the, the times, the lap times were comparable, at least for an initial warm up. But then when the Cup Series picked up, they were they were fast. Like it was it was fun to watch these things on Sunday. That that's oh I'm excited to talk about this. All if right. you're a nerd and you're into you know nerdy kind of engineering stuff, Brandon's already smiling. You know what I mean? This was this was a great great race. Or hell, if you're a chemist. If you're a chemist that likes to play with rubber, I bet you Goodyear would be like, hey, we want to talk to you. <laughs> you know who we are? <laughs> well, do we want to dive right into it right away? Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a better intro? Not really, but I was going to kind of <laughs> go, through the, go through it. So, so we saw the Cup Series coming to Richmond. Obviously, we've already talked Xfinity, but there's one guy in the field who is a team owner, finally got his first win. But Hamlin wins Richmond. He brings it home, brings it home from absolute nowhere. <laughs> But let's get into it then. Um, Sunday, we saw a relatively calm start, I'd say, with the rare front row of William Byron and Ryan Blaney. Who the hell would have thought that those two were going to sit on the front row at Richmond? Um, not only that, but a Chevy and Ford beat out all the Toyotas at their home track. We only saw that for the first 70 laps, and then we saw what would happen later on. But let's get into it then. Race begins. Ryan Blaney absolutely dominates the first stage. Um, I don't think there was anyone. No one even had really anything for him. Um, Byron sat second the entire time, about a second and a half behind him, and a second and a half in front of the rest of the field. Uh, we saw, we did see a Toyota have problems. Kurt Busch obviously had a fuel pump issue which made him go 108 laps down or something like that. Never really, you, you're not going to recover from that. Yeah, it's just impossible. I mean, I think he finished 34th. Um, that was basically it for him. Stage one results, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, Ross Chastain, Martin Truex Jr., fourth, uh, Kyle Busch, fifth, Chase Elliott, sixth, Christopher Bell, seventh, Logano, eighth, Keselowski, Ninth, who the hell would have thought that would have happened? Uh, and Kevin Harvick that was, a good was run tenth. He did have a good run all day. Um, I he ran into some not really issues at the later ends of the race, but that's just Richmond. That's you know getting the strategy wrong by that much. Uh, we're gonna be Balance. diving into that more later on in the race because man, dude, I was I was excited the final fifty laps because I'm just like. There's a lot of intervals going on that are changing rapidly mm -hmm. compared to first place. Got one word for you. Delta. <laughs> That's all that whole race was. Mm -hmm. 
But Managing then, gaps. Let's get into stage two. Uh, Blaney's still in command until the first set of green flag stops. He would lead 123 laps in the race. Martin Truex Jr. would pit at lap 124 with him. Uh, this proceeded to bring the rest of the field, aside from five guys, Christopher Bell, Denny Hamlin, Eric Jones, Eric Amarola, and Austin Dillon until about 76 to go in the stage. Um, Truex would take the lead during that pit cycle. All the guys on a two-stop pit cycle compared to the one-stop pit cycle that saw really only those five guys that I mentioned. Uh, everyone else would come down again with about 54 to 52 to go in the stage. That would lead to Denny Hamlin um, in second behind Christopher Bell again. But Truex would chase both of them down, win the stage. And Chastain would also get by. Logano would also get by. Many guys would get by because everyone besides Christopher Bell would end up pitting that stage. So stage two results was Truex, Bell, Chastain, Logano, Blaney, Elliott, Harvick, the Cowbush, Larson, and Keselowski. Again, getting a stage point. He needs points desperately right now. But Those cars look pretty stout. Oh, yeah. Up to that point in the race, the RFK cars look really good. Even even aesthetically, too. I liked the... the yeah, I know. They, they had the whole F1 cool. team going on with, you know, the same I loved with that. different numbers. I yeah. loved that. I mean, just on a side little note, I guess, seeing that in the race, it was kind of refreshing. It felt like it was... You're watching something kind of from the early 2000s. I vividly remember being like 10 years old in 2004. Right. So 2003, four or five, like those years, what that racing produced, like it, it, it looked a lot like that. So even aesthetically to see those two cars having the matching schemes with slightly different numbers, you used to see that all the time back then. So I you know, make paint schemes on video games and stuff. Hey, Same thing. Ever, Everham did it best in 2006. Prove me wrong. I, I, I well, I, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I I agree the, with the, that. the white or the black to separate, you know, or to Casey Kane's Dodge Charger, whatever the first year Charger that came out before they smoothed out that tip on the nose of the car where it said the word Charger before that. So the, uh, the original one, that red, white, and black number nine, that thing looked oh, pretty yeah. sweet. I remember that thing in Indianapolis as a kid was like, wow, that uh, looks the like white a race with car. The, with the red racing stripes? I That one too. That was the one that, that I remember from the brickyard of anyone. He ran second to Stewart almost that entire time. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Eventually he'd get a brickyard win. <laughs> so like you, you look back to that, right? And so a lot of people romanticize those memories of what they thought that racing really was. And if you lived in it, it wasn't really always that good. You had to be paying attention to what was happening on the racetrack. It wasn't the crash value. It wasn't the shock value. It oh, wasn't much like this year so far. It, exactly but it wasn't it wasn't f- fabricated which is kind of how it feels now you know what i mean like it it's it was natural this year as it had i feel like this race was amazing this race was so good up until this very point and just to, i guess go back full circle to talking about the paint schemes on the rfk cars it's kind of a, an odd if you really are have, have been immersed in the sport long enough i hope that brought back shades of like this was the racing that people romanticized about. If you were willing to understand why there was a hundred somewhat laps pretty much uninterrupted. And it was still amazing because right now at this break, we're, we're talking about right here, shaped the end of this race. Huge. All those gambles you found out right now, if you had yep. what it took. Yep. 
I, uh, I mean, I, I don't think Richmond holds a little bit of a special place because like, obviously my favorite driver is Casey Kate. His first win was at Richmond, but this, I, I'm just one that likes an old school flowing race. I mean, I hate stages. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely hate stages still. They're for the short, the short attention span crowd, basically a TikTok generation that NASCAR is trying to market towards. Um, sip my coffee because I agree with you. Yep. Yep. I'm not wrong with my statement so far. No, um, not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you go down that rabbit hole. Oh, I will long. go down that rabbit hole all day long and twice on Sunday. Um, <laughs> don't spit your said. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> You left the door wide open. Oh That's God! What she said. <laughs> God, CJ. Um, but no, I I like how this race completely played out. The only times that cautions, like you know, actually felt like cautions instead of just like what the hell was when actual wrecks happened or something happened. So you know, when Cody Ware got spun around because Eric Jones got a little bit into him, or when uh. Austin Sindrick went around because Ty Dillon ran into the side of Cole Custer. <laughs> mm. No, we're not. <laughs> so that's <laughs> He's got something to say. I don't get it out no, of him. I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying not to let <laughs> Well, then in qualifying, you know, you saw Eric Jones, you know, put a P5 and then Ty Dillon put a 30th. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't understand some of the – I guess it's just laps. If you're a small team, at least you have a car making laps every weekend to get data. Because why else are you out there? You mean why else do you have Ty Dillon behind the wheel? Maybe. <laughs> if I'm putting my businessman hat on. But anyway, the Cup Series race. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm unfiltered today. I've been wired like the past couple of days, bro. I'm ready to go. Like this is bad. This is not good. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You are apologizing to me for going off track once. <laughs> you have no reason to be sorry. That's what we do here. <laughs> yeah, that is what we do. Wow. This is the off track podcast. That's really what it should be called. <laughs> All right. New name change right now. Off track. I'm kidding. So we had the Cody Ware go around. Eleven laps later, Cindric would go around from a uh, Cole Custer getting into the side of him due to a Mister Forty Two car driven by Ty Dill one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Brandon, laugh. You know you want to. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> every week there's a fantasy league that i'm in and every week i gotta send that meme into there for some reason or another <laughs> um anyway so from there this would result in many of the drivers almost the entire field of lead lap cars coming down pit road except for William Byron, Austin Dillon, and Daniel Suarez. Race will resume. Byron would take over the lead um, pretty far into the run. 
Shurex would eventually catch, catch him down, pass him. But pit stops will begin with 92 to go in the stage and determining who's going to try to do a two-stop, who's going to try to do a one-stop, who's going to try to do a later two-stop compared to the guys that already started their two-stop. And we'd go from there. This first cycle would go until about 86 to go to where the top 10 were trying to go on a one-stop possibly. Uh, 78 to go, so just eight laps later. You saw Ryan Blaney enter the pits. Truex was not too far behind him. Kyle Larson also right there with him. Uh, basically, we saw the entire top 10 come down pit road within like two or three laps of that. And then with roughly 50 to go, we only had five cars on the lead lap. This is when we got into what Brandon mentioned before we started recording. Who are the two guys that were running outside of that lead lap group at about 50 to go? Want to tell me? Hamlin and Harvick. Hamlin and Harvick, huh? It's funny how the Fox broadcast... Oh, yeah, we're going to be shitting on them again later. Uh, it's funny how the Fox broadcast just didn't even acknowledge Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. Missed it. By a country mile. The door was so wide open, it was a field in Iowa how wide open the door was for them to mention those two guys. Huh. Then... NASCAR finally puts the hammer down on Kyle Busch's pit crew for something they did way earlier in the race, which good job on NASCAR for effing that one up completely. Um, Dumb roll. I mean. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think it's a dumb roll. I think it's been a roll officiated. I think they they messed up the officiating. Yes. Mm, but I think, yeah, you could question that. Great rule. Bad you. officiating. Um, yes. Kyle Busch got a penalty. He had tape on the grill, which is a no-no this year. And so, therefore, that did but didn't ruin his race because he wasn't running with the guys that were, like, set to go for the race win. So, um, obviously, he had to come down, take care of that until we get to the final stages. Now, before then, let's set the precedent. You got Martin Truex chasing down. William Byron. Behind him, you got Kyle Larson. And behind Kyle Larson, you had someone. Oh, Blaney. You had Blaney going with them. But there were two guys still coming. Denny Hamlin and Kyle or Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick recently got their laps back. 25 to go. You you see the Toyotas coming towards the front. Except Bubble Wallace and Christopher Bell. They're the under 30 guys. The under 30 guys have dominated this season so far. Uh, where were they at this race? I know Christopher Bell that managed to finish inside the top 10, but uh, the other under 30 Toyota driver did, did not fare well at Richmond. Mm-hmm. He did not have the success that his Ford teammate, or not Ford teammate, but his Ford friend in Ryan Blaney and, uh, William Byron were having, and those two are notorious, notorious for being absolute shit at Richmond. There's no other way to describe it. But with that, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick start making their charge for the lead. Martin Truex Jr. also making his charge. He's a lot closer. He's knocking down three, four tenths a lap. Harvick and 
uh, Hamlin are knocking off a second or two a lap. Mm-hmm. Where finally we get to five laps to go. Truex on the back of William Byron. It's coming at him. He's like, all right, I'm going to set him up. I'm going to get him. But Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick, who have been just kind of squeaking their way all the way up through the field, they're all of a sudden right behind Truex. They get past Truex. Hamlin gets by him. Harvard proceeds to follow him along. Get there. Lap traffic in the way. You're not sure what's going to happen, where it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. Denny Hamlin gets by Byron, coming to two to go, basically down the front stretch at two to go. Clears him out of one. Harvick follows him. They get to the last lap. Now it's like, okay, Hamlin going to win this. Harvick going get to get in there and battle with him. Well, you look up the road, Eric Amarola in front of them, about to get lapped. You're like, oh, my gosh. Harvick, teammate to Amarola. How is this going to work out? As you know, team, team strategy is going to come into effect right here. Doesn't happen. Eric Amarola gets out of the way. Denny Hamlin finally wins his first race of the season in a great race that saw strategy play out because strategy is the best way of racing a short track in NASCAR, especially the Cup Series, because tire fall off is a good thing. Yes. If you want to talk about the core values of what makes a good race, you just nailed it. You just nailed it. Yes. Well said. Because, like, it's a, it's a small, simplistic shape. That's why a lot of other places, I think, in the world kind of look down at NASCAR in some way, shape, or form. But like you just said, there's so much math and stuff. I mean, I know that we're going to talk about the Fox broadcast, but did you notice that Larry McReynolds, Mike Joy, and Chad Knauss, they were having themselves a time. Like Chad Knauss and Larry McReynolds especially, they were yeah. on it. They were something, something fun was happening between them. If you listened to their voice and you like understood what they were looking at as well, that was right there, a classic race. And I really do think, I hate saying this. I hate to say this this way. But if you didn't take Denny Hamlin serious as a future Hall of Famer, that one did it. Yeah. That one right there sealed the deal for him. Because that one right there was not only one of the most needed ones, but that win right there looked like it meant the most to him. That was really freaking cool to see how he hopped out of the car. I know we've said how we feel about him. But at the end of the day, Denny Hamlin has won some races that I really respect and look up to and and love, you know, like he, at the end of the day, he's a driver and that showed this weekend. Hey, you know what? I'm happy. He finally proved some doubters wrong. I'd say I'm one of them. Um, I'm happy. He finally did it. And I'm happy that he did it in a way that wasn't, um, I'm not going to say gifted because that's the wrong way. I'm happy he didn't do it in a Bowman way. I'm uh, happy that it came down to a race that involved a lot of strategy. Brandon is almost laughing right there. Um, <laughs> how many what? times have I almost made you break this episode so far? Now I want to know. <laughs> Go on. Well, I, was, I was kind of thinking about the hack back to do it. Oh, yeah. I heard someone say that. Hey, almost backed into another one last week. <laughs> but um, is it is interesting, baby. isn't it? Hey, crazy how it happens. <laughs> but I firmly believe we saw probably one of the best Richmond races. Can I burst your guys' bubble? You're going to hate on the tire wear, aren't you? No, can I burst your guys' bubble? Yes, please. That race will not be the same in August. 
No. No, you're right. It's not. That, that but, race. But I'm curious what, as to what makes you think why. Because they finally learned their tire strategy and how to pit the car. Yeah. Well, that's true. They, that's found, true. they found more time in pitting the car the new way. Going around the front, doing it there, going around the front again, doing the left sides, and letting the car go. It was Just noted like that the final pit stops was about three tenths of a second difference between Harvick and Hamlin. Yeah. Yeah. Hamlin's crew does that the traditional way. Harvick might win the race. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you'll see a lot of the new pit stops. Oh, you'll see you'll see other teams whipping that out so damn quick it's not even funny. If if not only that pit stop, as well as the tire fall off with how just immense it was and how fast it was, you're gonna see these teams doing the two stop strategy throughout the stages like they were. Because the people that did the one stop strategies, yeah, they could stay out for a lot longer. But by the time that the guys came around for the second stop, they were already getting murdered. I mean, murdered. It was bad. The fall off so, was bad. But that also made for the race end that we saw. It did, but it burned Byron bad. Oh, yeah. yeah but bad. did it? But did it? Okay, so like, even, even in that same breath, I really strongly encourage looking at what the investment into Action Express racing really did. For Hendrick in sports car racing, that pit stop style, you know, running around the front of the car and then running around the side. Like you look at um, the European Le Mans series, 24 hours of Le Mans, you're only allowed one person with a gun and one person with a wheel. So that, that's the thing. You're only allowed to take off and remove one wheel at a time. So you have to have one impact gun engaged basically at a time. So what do you do? What well, different intervals? You have four different people rotate that one gun away, right? It's like, the choreography and the, the orchestration of these are the rules. This is the objective. What's the most ergonomic and efficient way to do this fast. And like, that's all that you do. So these pit crews looking at how they're engineering everything. This is something that sports cars have done for a really long time. If you watch V8 supercars in Australia, you see how they run around the car and they have changed it periodically to try and circumvent the rules or try and find a faster way to do things. There was a time when people thought that interesting note for your supercars. Um, they can only do two tires at one time. It doesn't matter what two tires they do, better. but they Even can better. only do two tires at one time, much like Arco when they have their uh, brakes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But the and, difference and- is supercars, you can change a right rear and a left front if you want to, or you can change both rear tires or both front tires or, you know, any sort of combination. Yeah. Arca has whatever your road course wants but like you you guys see my my point right like i think now that something has shifted because it doesn't take a week to perfect that it does not take a week to perfect that we're talking weeks of getting that choreography down to be quick enough if these gibbs guys are serious and we're like telling them put your your hand on the table i don't think they were bluffing like this is something that they seriously put some time and effort into because it's one they've, thing to be fast, it's another to be consistent. They've been working on this since like August last year. Yeah, like for yeah, a long that's time. That's why they've you saw their, their pit stops, pit stop times fall off in cup races last season. And I reckon one more thing that's a hot take, they're Toyota's only team 
And they are the only team then that has a manufacturer that is actively running all those international sports car racing series and road course racing series. You know that they've done some research and gone back to Gibbs and been like, hey, we've kind of seen this before a couple of years ago at Le Mans. Let's try something. Mm -hmm. Food for thought. I, I thought it was really fun to see because now if that's the case, what you just said, Brandon, like I, it's going to be very interesting to see if like this continues. If you understand the tire fall off and we're all going to be guessing every single weekend, what your strategy is going to be, what the fall off rate is going to be like, it's going to come down to who has the fastest pit stop. Bottom line. Yeah. And just yes. coming, coming from a driver's standpoint and doing, having done the pit stops and <clears throat> running those strategies, um, running the big races like the Winchester 400. Uh, once you learn the strategy, once you learn what that car is going to do on a longer run on, on two stops versus one stop, uh, once that's all situated, you learn what the best route is to take that does not change and nine times out of 10, nine and a half times out of 10, anytime you go against that, you're going to, you're going to wind up getting burned by it some way or another. It might be great and it might net you a ton for the first 75% of that race. Risk and, then, reward. and then it's going to, it's going to bite you in the last 25. Amen to that. Dude. You can have like, one third of the race is good. One third of the race is bad. One third of the race is good. But the time spent in the last good third part of that race, you're spent catching back up and you're not going to make it. So again, Chris, that goes back to your point about strategy, how these long run plays out, how these long runs play out. Um, unfortunately, I just don't see the strategy coming into effect as much the next time we go around, I think it's still going to be there. No doubt. No doubt about it. There, there's going to be teams that are going to be trying new, new variations of what they found this past weekend. Um, I just don't think it's going to be as drastic. No, and it won't be. But one thing that'll still be into consideration, I, the same thing gets said after every Richmond race. Oh, no one's going to try the one stop anymore. People still do it every race there in the Cup Series. So that's, that's I mean, just adds thing. variation. Doesn't mean it's the fastest. Yeah. And I get yeah. your point. Like now you're going to know it's the fastest, but you, you know, you're going to know what the, is, but if you're trying yeah. to get points, you're going to try that one stop. If you're, if you're yeah. say you're like 11th place, you have a chance based off I, you know, numbers. I also don't more think points from doing it on a one stop. You're going to go for a one stop. I also don't think that Goodyear is going to bring like a totally different, I hope not them either. I, I don't. I think not. teams are just going to know, like, all right, we ran five and a half psi variation over the weekend, like, and we only get found any time increment in this half pound. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so that that aspect's gone. Like, they're going to figure out how to maintain the the tire they have. I still think it's going to fall off pretty well, though, and I still think you're going to see people try some different strategies to try and undercut the other person or push those extra three four laps at the end of the race is like an eight ten lap difference. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that the strategy is the, the, the best way. This is the best way. This is going to be sick. I'm... Sorry. More of that. Good job. What the hell just fell? <laughs> it was a clipboard. It sounded way louder than it needed to be. It was a hollow plastic. It sounded way thing. louder than it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. But uh, to, to your point about 
uh, the tire. I'm 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 on the fence about the tire because I loved the way that the racing played out. But again, as a driver from a driver's standpoint, I would be nauseated and I would hate every second of that because they were pitting their 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 pit window was like 36 laps. So maybe less than that actually. So I don't know that I saw any tires that were courting or getting down to the carcass real bad. Um, but with how much those tires were howling and you could hear it in the broadcast. I heard that too. Yeah. You it sounded almost it. like street tires. Yeah. You could you hear go to a track tire. day and you hear that like sound as people like whip yeah. it through the corners. Yeah, yeah. man. So you like the Roval. You could hear the tires howling and all that. It goes telling. to show how hard that compound is too. Right. That's, I was going to say, that's all that tells me is that tire is massively hard, but it's also she getting said. ripped. It's also getting ripped to shreds and getting just <laughs> cheese grated. You're so right though. I, I, I am excited to go to Loudon for this season too, because I, I wonder if the marbles are as bad as they look. Did you notice that? Like in the broadcast, it looks like with how oh. bad this tire fall off was, you expect like a ton of rubber up by the wall, almost yeah. like a cushion of rubber. And I, I don't know. I didn't quite see that. It's that that's, what's tough about when you're trying to look at the marbles and see where the tire fall off is at and see how much the tires actually getting used up. Sometimes when you got a harder tire like that, it doesn't really fall up and fall off the tire. It it's kind fine. Of it's very dust. fine. It dusts off the tire and you see just a, a thin haze of rubber. It's like, imagine like you, you, you take a, a piece of something and I give you 80 grit sandpaper and then I give you 500 grit sandpaper. It might take you longer, but the pile of dust you're going to have afterwards, it's just going to be how big are the clumps of dust, right? Yeah. And so like these hard compound tires, I, I didn't notice that. I thought it was really interesting. One I was kind I of expecting this I want to compare this to, um, and this is for all the online racing nerds out there. CJ and I, last night, we were running a few cars. And at one point, we switched to a car that we're running in a series next season. Continue. I am continuing. He was very, <laughs> very intrigued in, the, in, in my storyline right here. I am. Um, I don't know what to expect. We drove a lot of different stuff. Well, the main one that we drove last night. The Mustang. The new Mustang. Oh, yes. Oh, that car, oh. the tire fall off on that was very extreme compared to the car we ran last season in the same series. Um, mm. One thing I noted was last season, we could go like uh, Coda, I think we went 20 something laps. Oh, yeah. You were th- without that, having to I pick. think. And not only fuel, but tire wear was like 14 laps max. With this it was car, almost with as if you were car. playing it by, by the fuel run instead of the tire. Last season, yeah. The fall off was never there. It was just on fuel. And at this that point, you can always... It's tire. It's going to be tires. That's one thing to note for anyone that does the online racing, or especially anyone that races with us. Um, tire fall off is, is a massive thing to watch. Lap times were a massive thing to watch, too. I'm not sure if anyone 
paid that much attention to lap times yesterday, but you could visibly see it after like 10 laps. I get what you're saying. Like it, it was one of those races where you were playing your strategy based off of when the tire fell away. Even if you had some fuel to spare, the time lost in the pit stop was the, a lot bigger the of a loss cycle than is like seen. Something like 110 laps or something like that at Richmond. Right. Yeah, these guys are going like 70 laps max on tires. You're losing more time on old tires than you are to go make the stop. Yeah. Right. Like that's something that then puts it back into your hands. It, it's a driver. Like, and you have five gears. That, that was the other thing I loved to see. Oh, the, the close ratios. Brandon, you said it a couple weeks ago, man. You nailed it. When you said, well, the closer gear ratios, it's not as violent as you think. Oh, you nailed it. Because on the back I don't know. We saw away, Larson almost completely snap at one point from doing that. Yeah, but he was just, damn near snapped. That thing was sideways. I think he just kind of did it off a little bit. But you're not allowed a lot of off throttle time on ovals. It's one or the other for the most part. Like you're trying to get back to the throttle, so you're not giving you're not going to give the gearbox a chance to go for even a split second through neutral. So you do it in a straight line, and they're figuring it out. My point being, you could tell some guys that needed that drive off by getting on the throttle and the thing, it responds by dropping down into fourth. That was there. And like, you get that big run, big suck, grab fifth, and then you go try and haul that into the corner, and you're like, oh, this is way too much mail. <laughs> they give me a hot supper. Back down, back down, down to fourth. You could hear it. Like, it puts it all back in the driver's hands. Can you make this thing last another lap and a half or not? Because if you can, we now have something we can play against them. I loved it. I, I loved that. Strategy is the only way. Looking forward for picks. Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be an interesting little short track swing here. Oh God, Richmond's going to, or not Richmond. We just did Richmond. Uh, I'm my my mind is still on Richmond, but we're going to be heading into Martinsville. <laughs> you guys, you guys want to? You guys ready? Ready for this? Oh boy, second gear at Martinsville. Oh, down, to, down to second at Martinsville. That would be interesting. interesting. That would be interesting. Insane See, roll speed. See, my my initial thought is not that far off of yours and staying in third or fourth just the whole lap. You just never shift. I think these guys are going to get up to about fourth with the rear end ratio they put in. Probably going to get up to about fourth. I don't know what you'll see fifth. But they'll definitely be downshifting at least to third, maybe second. So you think they're going to be going from third to fifth and back to third per lap? I, I think they're going to go at least up to fourth, third, second, into the corner, roll, 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 back to the gas, and just launch with second gear, third, fourth, down straightaway, downshift into the Man, corner. It's going to be a lot of transmission. work. Some guys are going to destroy the trans. I'm driving it like Brandon just said. Don't give me a helmet because I'm driving it like him. If I have a gear shifter there, I'm going to use it. Yeah. When does a team lose as a team, right? So did you build a strong box? We're going to find out because I'm going to use it. <laughs> like you, did, you didn't like install the gearbox and then unbolt the handle and take it away. So when I hop in the car, it's like, hold on. Somebody like reaches in with a you know, pry bar through the passenger window, click it into first floor and be like, go, you're not allowed to touch the gearbox. Yeah. <laughs> Put it there. I'm going to use it. I'm with Brandon. Screw it. If we blow the thing up, we destroy that gearbox. It's happening. Look at how strong he is. He just put his chair to bed. What he just put hell? his chair to bed. Wow. That's amazing. So 
Brandon just picked up an office chair. He's going to be visualizing something for us, I believe. Put it onto a bed. Is this an impromptu skit? This is an impromptu sim session. Oh, boy. Okay, so now he's got a, looks like a bucket seat. All right, so what's going on for the people that are listening? I love Um, that car. Brandon is basically kind of doing a track walkthrough. That thing is sick. Of Martinsville with the next gen, explaining what he was talking about with going through the gears through the corners i'm sorry i fucking love that car that thing <laughs> yeah, that looks, looks great. so that sick. looks great <laughs> oh my god i can't stop saying it like wow for those that can't see it's an old uh coors bill uh, melling melling oil pumps bill elliott scheme but it's all chromed out it so it's beautiful it's like a deep crimson instead of the oh damn yeah it's got it's, me fucked up it's like crimson red I just don't have the number changed on it. That's the only thing. It does very good looking car. But uh, to to what we were to to what we were talking about is they're going to Martinsville next week. They had a certain deal of shifting going on at Richmond, and my thought was, I think they're going to be running in fourth gear primarily, going down to third, potentially second coming up off the corner and i think that's just going to help them get a better run down into the corner not carrying too much speed i think it's just going to get get them out of the hole a lot quicker so uh i guess we'll just see what's going to go on because i don't have hardly a clue if this is even a viable option you guys can kind of talk this through. Hold on. As he goes around. Um, well, I was kind of in the middle of talking, but uh, yeah. I'll let you guys go through and do some commentary because I can't hardly hear you with the engine sounds. Fair going enough. On. So Fair enough. I'll let you guys do some commentary as to what you see, what you like, what you don't like. And now, if you have a suggestion, for throw the it viewers, in there and I'll try it out. For the viewers that are listening obviously as we don't put a lot of this on youtube we rarely do we're gonna we're gonna work on that through the summer but one big thing um obviously with him screen sharing something uh, as iRacing that is a very strong fps um for us it doesn't come up that way but what we're really seeing is him warming up the tires right now obviously we're going to see him go for a lap here in a second as best as we can um right now he's going through turn one and two so See what he does when he gets on it. So right now he's going to get going. He's going to go for three and four for an entry, it looks like, and then start his lap. But what he's doing is he's in third gear. Right now he's damn near on the rev limiter. But now he's going down the front stretch in fourth gear, setting into turn one, down to third, down to second, through the middle of the corner, getting back on the gas, getting into third out of the corner, down the straightaway, he's in fourth. And as soon as he gets onto the brakes, basically onto the concrete, he's into third, down back into second through turns three and four. So basically, once he's exiting the concrete, he's getting into third. And like midway down the straightaway, he's in fourth. Um, he went around, so that wasn't a great representation. But I'm sure if he showed a replay of, a, of this whenever he's done going in the first-person view and showing a replay afterwards, then we can get a better representation because there's not really the screen lag. So we're dealing with a little bit of that right now. But It does seem as though 
apologize if I'm jumping on you, but it does seem as though second gear might be a little too much coming up off the corner. It, I think it gives the rear end a little too much <laughs> to play with. Uh, spins tires a little bit. Um, I haven't played around with fifth. I really don't know what fifth is going to do, but it seems like third, downshifting into third is definitely a viable option for what these teams are going to have this weekend. I think that's one thing that we're going to have to take into note as we look from Martinsville. And Brandon is honestly doing a great representation for us right now with being able to be on iRacing and showing us as we're in the call right now to basically showcase what some of these guys could potentially and very likely could be doing at Martinsville. He's now he's staying in third throughout the corner. Like he was saying that second gear is just a little too much. Looks like he's definitely picking up a lot more time with being in third all the way through the corner instead of being in second. Um, he's still going into fourth in the straightaways. Drove it a little deep into turn one right there. So it seems like it loves trail breaking. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what it lo- I, I see that, too. I'm, I've been watching his – I'm trying to be quiet. I've just been watching his data each lap. And it looks to me like the car really enjoys trail breaking. So carrying that brake pedal, you know, above 50% or so. But the way that you – trail off of the brake pedal as you're turning in you typically want to do all of your braking in a straight line but depending on what the car needs and if the car rotates or not what brandon's doing right now is carrying the brake pedal in to keep that right front loaded up so that then he can take the right front some of the weight off that put on the right rear and then use that right rear to drive up out and that's where he's grabbing up from third to fourth to get that rear end to hook and drive up off the banking up out of the banking because you do actually go through a bit of extension uh as you come out and go over a little bit of a small crest for the banking transitions back down to flat. So what's fascinating for me to see is that you can't, as what we can see is the ghost car ahead, but you can't carry the, the throttle the same way that with the brake, the brake, it looks like he's carrying that probably to about mid corner, like the actual apex of the corner. He's able to carry a little bit of the brake pedal, but getting back on the throttle, he can't touch hundred percent until you're straight again, until you're pointing straight, which is very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. No, you, you definitely have to, uh, to ease back into the gas and uh, tail off into it just a little bit. Um, you, you can't just mash the throttle. It'll, it'll blow the tires off of it and uh, get the, it'll crack the rear end loose and now you're, now you're in the inside wall. But uh, no, it definitely seems that uh, third gear is a very, very viable option. Uh, for what these teams are going to have at their disposal. Um, I could not get into fifth. I'm sure you guys saw me a couple times trying upshift. Yeah. But it's just too late down the straightaway to shift. And uh, it just, it wouldn't go. So I think fourth gear really is going to be uh, one of their main, one of their main gears they use. Uh, I, I doubt you'll see anybody running third, for the entire lap because that's yeah, just no. no that's just way too much uh it seems like that uh third fourth gear uh ratio of being in the corner down and down the straightaway is going to be i think that's going to be the way to go it definitely uh looks as though third gear definitely is going to be fascinating extremely it's, useful you you never needed to do that before this no. is all the independent rear suspension coming yeah. in too like it's not just because you have a fifth gear so you have to use it 
part of the reason that you're still down, you could have downshifted before. Like you could have gone from third to fourth in the old car. This car, you need it because of how the independent rear suspension works. You know what I'm saying? Like Brandon would, would tell you, there's nothing that says at any other track, you can't go from fourth to third. You know, like if you have a proper Jericho, you can still just blip the downshifts and it's just as quick. Yeah. So it, this car, it's out of necessity and what you need for a throttle response. Like he's saying, you know, third is a viable option, meaning like you have enough torque going down to those two rear wheels together at the same time to keep the car wanting to continue to drive up forward and turn mm-hmm. on the front wheels. No, absolutely. Uh, I'm trying to look up the... I'd love to see it. Trying, trying to look up the qualifying times from uh, last time we were at Martinsville, or at least some lap time. I can tell you in a few seconds. Uh, Denny Hamlin had a qualifying time in 2019 of 19.354. Interesting. Because my best lap there was a 20. No, it's not. Going to see if he can head out and do another lap. Let's see what a fourth gear lap would look like. It's hard to hard to judge the braking zone with these things because these things they drive in a little deeper than the old cars, not much deeper. <laughs> yep, get too aggressive off the corner and you'll you'll loop it. But nah, best I could do there, twenty oh seven. Well. We've seen a preview of Martinsville, at least lab time-wise, potentially. So then one thing I would like to do is I'd like to get into some picks. Hmm. Hmm. Brandon, my friend, who's your favorite for Martinsville? Favorite for Martinsville? Probably going to be it, – it, it's a toss-up, and it's – yeah, I'm kind of cherry picking a little bit. It's toss up between Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin. Ooh. Not only because they've had their their few run-ins there before, but they both run up front very well there. Yeah. But if I really had to pick, I'd probably say Chase. Okay. CJ. I think my favorite's Martin Truex Jr. Okay. I can, okay. I can see that. That's I can see pick. that. I'm going to ride the wave. Going to ride the wave. He finally got wave. a win. He's going to be hungry to take two for two in his home state. Okay. Yeah. I think Denny Hamlin is going to go back to back. Because he now, now he's figured out. He's like, all right, I know what I need to do to win in this car watch me go do it again that's we're, we're either going to see hamlin take over or completely fall apart the rest of the year now mm-hmm. one of two options and i think we're better off with him taking over than him falling off again okay with that then brandon who's your one to watch one to watch you want to laugh at me? Sure. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Um, words. <laughs> yeah. I told you. I told you. You want to laugh at me? 
Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Because there's been a couple races at Martinsville. But no, there, there's been a couple times where Stenhouse has run up front there. He's been really, he's been fast there and not been in the way. It's not been often that he's done it, but he has been there and, yeah. and shown some true speed and been able to race with them guys. So I think he's one to watch, but I don't think he's one to win. Okay. CJ. My one to watch is Chase Briscoe. Okay. Because I think from what we just saw with Brandon explaining how the car felt, I mean, everything in my head is telling me road course, bare essentials, you know? Um, I think we're at a stage where a lot of teams are starting to figure out how they need to set these things up and they're starting to figure out how to make them drive normal. Right. Um, I don't know. Briscoe is a, he's a guy that's already got some good experience here. He's already good at Martinsville. He was good there in the Xfinity series. If they have a card they can put under him, that can keep it together. Like they did at Phoenix, which was another track that carried, you know, some speed, but not quite the short track road course somewhere in between way that you attack this flat, small Martinsville. I can see Chase Briscoe really being able to rise. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm going to cherry pick a little like you did, okay. but in a much, much more dramatic way. Uh, my one to watch is going to be Ryan Blaney. He's hungry for a win. We know he wants a win bad. He's been good at Martinsville. Um, he's got the best average finish in the last six races there. Yes, better than Truex Jr. Really? He's got an average finish of 5.83 there in the last six races. Four top fives, four top tens. Um, 227 laps led. Um, he's got an average driver rating of 109.6 there right now. Wow. So that's he's he's gonna be in a good spot. Um, and yeah, we 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 know he's hungry for a win at this point. That's the thing. It's gonna be can he perform to get that win finally. Yeah, they like, need to put it put all together. They've yeah. got some of the pieces. They just haven't meshed them up to string together that one good run, yeah. which unfortunately is something that you can practice and grow into. You know, so the team's got some work to do. They all kind of do. The 12 car is one of those teams that like the potential's there. The I mean, Elliot's tied for there. the points lead right now with Elliot. Right, but like you got to be finishing them off. You got to win. Yeah. You have to win. Because when we get into the playoffs, that's when that really matters. That mentality, that ability to work together as a team to make it happen. It's going to be interesting. Certainly one to watch. All right, Brandon. Who's your dark horse? Brad Keselowski. Ooh. I like I'm it. Interesting. I'm hop off the hate train a little bit. About no, time. No, I, I, <laughs> I think he's doing – he did good there at Richmond. He – uh. They, that whole team was running top 10, top 12, yeah. pretty much the entirety of the race. Uh, they showed good speed. Brad's just really good at Martinsville. Yeah. Uh, he's He's got a clock. So I, I think he's going to show some true speed again. Uh, I think they've got a few things figured out. Um, it's just his track. I like it. I like the pick. CJ. Who you uh 
Who are you going with there, guy? <sighs> it's a toss-up. It's tough because the the like wanting to kind of go against the grain and do the outlier thing tells me Kevin Harvick. You know what I mean? Because I think he's truly a dark horse. But I really think Ross Chastain is the dark horse. I could see the track house guys getting that car dialed in. He seemed like he had his head wrapped around everything at the road course. You know, despite how the finish was, he was fast. Um, they didn't do outrageously well yesterday. They had some little moments that took them time to recover from and keep themselves in the picture, but they did it. They stayed relevant. String it together again, something that takes some reps to get quick lap times around. I think you can see Ross Chastain doing something. Okay. I'm going to go with the guy who's quietly there on road courses. He might not be top six, much like I talked about with Blaney last week. Um, or two weeks ago, sorry, when we did the Coda preview. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Buescher. I'm going to go with Kozlowski's teammate. Mm-hmm. He is quietly good at Martinsville. He doesn't put up crazy numbers, but he is quietly good at Martinsville. He can put up a finish when you need him to, and he needs to. But he has an average finish there of 17.67, so not crazy. But it is in the top half of the field. So I think that's a that could be a solid, solid guy to be like, oh, you know, what's he doing? Let's see. Let's see how he's doing. I think that could be a decent one. Now, Brandon, who are you staying the absolute hell away from? Hmm. You know, there really wasn't any good basis to go off of uh, out of Richmond because there wasn't really all that much calamity. Nothing was really happening there, Uh, which was good. It was nice to see Uh, everyone playing nice as nice as they could be. So if I had to base it off of anything, I'll base it off of what went on with uh, Ty. And I'll say Ty was at fault, so I'll have to go with uh, Ty Dillon Ty going Dillon. in this weekend. Ty Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> DJ. I was just deep in thought as Brandon was as well. Like what what really happened to make you want to stay away from someone? Mm-hmm. And like, what is the, the reason that you would want to stay away from somebody in the first place? In my immediate thought at Martinsville is that you have a lot of control over how much of that front bumper you use. So you can kind of control somebody else's fate too, if you want, if you got something fast and you have something you feel like you got to prove to everybody, which I kind of think Chase Elliott is the one I'd want to stay away from this weekend because I expect them to be fast and I expect them to be, they'll move people out of the way. Chase Elliott and Martinsville and drama it's synonymous like whether it's his fault or not he's been quick enough that he's been on the receiving end of some bullshit but he's also been fast enough that he's been on the giving out end of some bullshit you know so like i just think that when you look at where we're at now all of his teammates have wins and they're showing they're not flukes 
but he's the only one that's not getting it together, right? You kind of start to wonder how much do you really need to put out on the table to, to, to find out that you, you have what it takes to win and I will do whatever it takes to make it happen. I don't know. Chase Elliott's shown that. I like it. I like it. Thank you, sir. What about you? Who are you staying away from? I hate to say it. He's one of my top guys. He hyped up his team a lot the past season and a half, and I just haven't seen anything. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Corey LaJoy. Not for yeah. not for a uh, any reason at all besides they just have nothing going on there. He hyped up this team to be running mid-pack, and they have done nothing but run in the back half of the field. Back shit. Third of the or yeah, third of the field the entire season so far. Uh it's been a little bit of pain, not gonna lie. And so I think it's fully within reason to say that I am going with him as my stay away from pick just because he's not showing any speed at all. It's sad. Honestly. It is sad as someone who is a fan of him. Right. Sad to see. That was dark. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, check your phone. It might get darker. Circle of life, right? Yeah. yeah. You're not good forever. Unless you're Tom Brady. Then you're good at gambling all of a sudden, and then you decide to play again. But <laughs> that's something else, I guess. So that's going to wrap up this week's episode of NASCAR Dosage. We didn't get to some topics, but that'll be for later times that we'll see throughout the course of the season. Once again, thank you to CJ and Brandon, as always, for joining me and doing this every week with me. It's honestly a lot of blast each and every time that we do this. Ton of blast. It's always all the blast. All the blasts. <laughs> hey. hey. Um, thank you guys for listening. Honestly, it's a lot of fun to do this. Um, we're just a couple of guys that sit here and talk about NASCAR and all the things that have to do with it. So Things that don't. And things and then, that don't. <laughs> don't bring them up. Sometimes we talk about if horses have shoulders or hips. If they got all shoulders, <laughs> they got all hips. Sometimes. Uh, it's definitely shoulders. <laughs> do you cut them all off at the wrists? I don't know. Dude, like, yeah. <laughs> do we have more wheels or doors in the world? Do we? No, shut, no. Up. shut up. Shut up. <laughs> How many tails does it have? Yeah. Heads you know. and tails or heads or tails? Is water wet? Is the sky blue? Like, you know. Depends. Have you ever seen dry? Well, I heard. Yeah, dry ice. My brain hurts. <laughs> you know how like dogs when they're like just confused about it's something, like, huh? they're like, so they're just like, what? <laughs> I feel like that's what I instinctually just did. Yeah, that is exactly what you just None of this makes any sense. It no, never it doesn't. Does. No, it doesn't. It- no matter how educated you are, or how much you try, you never really know what's going to happen. And that is sort of half the fun of this is like yep. just admitting that none of us really know that I don't care to know. I care to watch and find out. And that's the fun. And then Absolutely. talk about it afterwards. That's what we do. Ask forgiveness later. Don't ask permission. No. Whoa, 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 there, buddy. <laughs> whoa, there, guy. That, that's a little bit extreme. But. Share this with your friends. Share this with your family. Help us grow. Or else. Make sure to hit that follow button on all the streaming platforms that you use. Thank you, guys. Thank you, buddy.